Welcome to New Life. My name is Kristen Widener, and I'm the family pastor here at New Life. And I just want to thank all of you for investing your time to be with us this weekend for church. Whether it's your first time here or your 300th time here, please know that we've been really praying for you, we've been preparing for you, and we are so thankful that you're with us this weekend. We are in week two of our four-part series called The Four Loves. And in English, we use one word, love, to describe an emotion or an action with extremely differing degrees of intensity. For example, you might say that you love Jesus, but you also really love tacos. You might love your kids, but you also love the beach. But the ancient Greeks had the right idea. They had four words for love to help us be able to show appropriate love to the different people in our lives. They are eros, which is romantic love, storge, which is family love, phileo, which is brotherly love, and agape, which is God's love. Throughout the month, we are diving into these four loves to see how God intended for us to put him first in every relationship and how to love like him. Last week, Pastor Alex shared about Eros and the romantic love between a husband and a wife. And I know that we say this often, but this time, if you did not listen to his message last week, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to it because right now our culture is telling us a lot of false truth about what a marriage should look like. And Pastor Alex, Pastor Alex does an incredible job of sharing God's view for marriage and how we can apply it to our our lives and our culture today. So you can listen to that on our podcast or on the app or watch it online. So last week was all about marriage. And this week we're expanding that love to our families through storge love. Storge is family love. It's the affectionate bond that develops naturally between parents and children and brothers and sisters. More than six decades ago, Christian writer C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Four Loves to help believers across generations get a better handle on these four aspects of love, all of them created by God. In his book, Lewis refers to storge as affection, and it's that bond created through dependency or familiarity. Now, we will often experience storge within our immediate families or extended families, but you may also experience storge with your church family, in a small group, at your workplace, hey, even with your dog. At its core, storge is a sense of belonging. It's that need to feel loved and cared for and valued by the people that we love the most. It teaches us how to love others as they are rather than how we would have them be. Now, Storge can exist on its own, but it can also be combined with other loves to help deepen and strengthen a relationship. So for example, if you have a friend that you consider like a brother or a sister to you, that's a combination of storge and phileo. Last week, Pastor Alex said that eros can help people arrive into a marriage, but it won't sustain marriages. And that's very true. Our marriages won't last if they are solely based on physical love. We need to have storge. We need to have a natural connection with our spouse that continues to grow deeper and stronger over time. As we look at the four loves, we're going to see that they're split into two categories. The first is a gift love where something is given, and then a need love when something is received. 
And when we're referring to storge, we can all pretty easily picture the gift love of a mother to her child. A mother's love is very sacrificial. She will do whatever it takes to love and care and nurture her child. In fact, if a mother doesn't begin to take care of her body from conception, her baby will likely not survive. Now let's picture the need love of a little girl to her dad. A little girl needs to experience the love of a godly father so that she can get a glimpse of how much her heavenly father loves her. See, we all crave storge from the moment of existence, and it's a love that we need to experience throughout our entire lives. In his book, Lewis shares that, in my experience, it is affection that creates this taste, teaching us first to notice, then to endure, then to smile at, then to enjoy, and finally appreciate the people who happen to be there. Made for us? Thank God, no. They are themselves odder than you could have believed and worth far more than we guessed. See, I love how he explains how storge grows over time because it parallels to God's love for us. See, parents often can't help but love their children, and a child's connection to their parent happens without much effort. Whenever you talk to first-time parents and they come home from the hospital and you ask them how they're doing, they will typically say that they're really tired, they're really exhausted, and they've never experienced a love like this before. And it's true. It's a natural connection. It starts right away and it deepens and gets stronger as time goes on. But it's so natural that these are the people in our lives that we often take for granted because they're always there. Now, everything that's good also has a dangerous side. And the same goes with storge. Storge is affected by change. How often are we hurt by a family member or a really close friend whose interests changed or they grew up? We notice right away that something in that relationship is off and the relationship starts to break. Think about a brother and a sister who grow up together having the exact same hobbies. They love to play together. They love being with one another. Well, one day, the brother decides that he really loves baseball, and he wants to pursue his dreams of being an athlete. He's not intentionally being rude to his sister. He's just not interested in the same things that she is interested in anymore. So the sister becomes upset. She's hurt. Jealousy starts to take over, and the foundation on which their relationship was built begins to crumble. We see this happen all the time in sibling relationships, and we even see it happen in the relationships between parents and their children. Think about a father who just adores his little girl, and then one day his little girl becomes a woman, and she, he has a really hard time relating to her. That relationship then again begins to break. And if we're really honest with ourselves, sometimes we do this with our relationship with Jesus. We're so excited when we enter into a relationship with him. We dive into the word. We go to church. We seek mentors. We ask pastors for advice. And then one day we realize that Jesus is always there for us. And we find other hobbies or distractions that take the place of our relationship with Jesus. And that relationship starts to struggle. We start to struggle in that relationship. But understanding storge and the way that God designed it can help us mend these broken relationships and love others as God loves us. Now, loving God must be the priority of our lives, but we simply can't ignore our responsibility to love our families. 
While the word storge never appears in the Bible, its impact is deeply felt. See, storge is what connects God to his followers and his followers to each other. It's that need to belong and to feel loved and supported and cared for by the people who mean the most to us. And as we read through the Bible, God reveals his love to us in countless ways. But the most incredible way is through the gift love of his son, Jesus Christ, to us. And if Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, you are part of God's family. And we are knit together, not by blood, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. This leads us to today's take-home point, and the take-home point is the one point that this entire message is about. It's the point that we want you to go home and strive to live out throughout the week, and today's point is this. When we're part of God's family, we can love others as our Heavenly Father loves us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for being a good father. I thank you for being the dad that we need. I thank you for the gift of family. And I thank you, God, for each of our biological families. I thank you for the mess within them, the beauty within them, and everything in between. And God, I pray right now that you open up our hearts, open up our minds to be able to hear so clearly from your Holy Spirit, that you speak clearly to us so that change and transformation can happen within our homes, that we can leave this place today having a better understanding of how you love us so that we can better love our families so we can go out and change the world. And God, I pray that you speak very clearly through me. I pray that I can get out of the way and that your Holy Spirit speaks through me. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today to dive into your word and to learn more about you and your son, Jesus. In your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if God is our heavenly father, we are adopted into his family. He calls us his children. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, God calls us to love each other with deep affection of storge love. Paul writes, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. See, I love how God uses Paul to teach us how to love because we have all been hurt by someone in our families and we have all hurt someone. But we are called by God to love and forgive and to be gentle and to show mercy. But Paul alleviates some of that pressure from us because he's saying that you can't do it by yourself. There's no way that you can show love to the unlovable family members and care for the ones that hurt you if you are not empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, John was one of three disciples that was in Jesus' inner circle of trust. And in 1 John, he gave us a really important lesson in how to love others as God loves us. And for us to really show storge to our family and really close friends, we need to just begin to grasp how much God loves us so that we have a baseline for how we are to love those in our families, especially the ones that are really hard to love. He said, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. 
This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loves us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. See, the greatest love is not a responsive love, but it's a love initiated when not deserved. See, this shows the world that we are part of God's family. So when evil is said about us, we initiate love. When someone hurts us, we reach out and love. See, God wouldn't have commanded us to love someone that we deemed unlovable without empowering us to do something that's impossible. But here's the key. If God loves us, we need to look honestly at ourselves and consider what God loves in us. Whenever loving seems impossible, think of what you were and still are and how God pours out his love for you. Finally, John says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. See, we all know this is true. No one has ever seen God. But even though God was invisible to the world, he was revealed through the work of Jesus. In the same way, when we love our family as God loves us, God abides in us. And that's when we can be a true reflection of who Jesus is to our family. This scripture is really humbling to me because it's very clear that we don't deserve God's love and his grace, but he offers it to us so freely. We can show this exact same love to our families, but we can't do it on our own. But we can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this kind of love, which starts as God's agape, it deepens our agape for him and for others as well as our storge. So you may be thinking, that's really hard. (laughs) I can't do it. I don't have the bandwidth to love everyone in this kind of way. And you're right, you don't. We can't love everyone in this way. It's too deep of a love. So... How are we going to do it? We are going to look at the one who did everything right, and that is Jesus. We're going to see how Jesus showed Storge to his disciples. See, while they weren't related by blood, Jesus still viewed them as as brothers. These were the 12 men that Jesus spent much of his time loving and training and teaching. He invested in them. Their relationship grew over time. He was really honest with them about their flaws. He stayed with them even when they hurt him. In the end, Jesus gave up his life for them, and in return, they sacrificed their lives for him. Because Jesus showed storge to these men, which is the essence of agape, 11 of them went out to change the world for eternity. Their storge for Jesus ultimately became agape for him and the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we as Christians are called to live a life that reflects Jesus to the world. So whenever people look at you, you want them to know that you honor and love and serve Jesus. So we're going to look at five ways to show storge love like Jesus. The first way is through prayer. See, Jesus often went away in solitude to pray for his disciples. Jesus is at the right hand of God. He's interceding for us. And when we go to God in prayer, the Holy Spirit begins to work in our hearts and we can break down the barriers that really hold us back from being able to love our family members. 
Here at New Life, we say that everything begins and it ends with prayer, and the same ought to be done in our homes. Begin and end everything with prayer. Allowing God to lead our homes gives us rest, knowing that he's providing us with wisdom and discernment on how to solve problems within our families. The second way to show storge like Jesus is through forgiveness. See, Jesus' disciples were very far from perfect. They doubted Jesus. They didn't trust that everything he said was true. Hey, some of these guys, when they would go out in public, they would deny that they even knew him. See, children are constantly questioning their parents. They don't believe that they really have their best interests in mind, just like the disciples did with Jesus. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it tells us that love keeps no record of wrongs. Now, that's agape, but that advice works really powerfully in our families. Don't keep a list of all of the ways that someone has hurt you. Offer grace, offer mercy, offer forgiveness. Yes, it is an undeserved gift, but do it anyway. That's what God has called us to do. Forgive, don't hold a grudge, and let it go. God will bless your family if you forgive your family just as he forgives you. The third way to show Storge, like Jesus, is through honesty. See, Jesus spoke the truth, but he spoke the truth in love. He allowed God to use him, and he didn't shy away from living and loving others. Jesus showed love to his disciples by being honest. And because he was honest with them, relationships grew, trust was built, because he challenged them to do what God had called them to do. It took time. Some were really stubborn. It took some of them, they had to learn the hard way. But eventually they learned. And Jesus continued to show them love by being honest and speaking the truth in love. When we want to welcome people into our family of faith, it's really important that we're honest with them, but that we're honest in love. The fourth way to show Storge is to be a good role model. How cool would it have been to watch Jesus do ministry, to see firsthand how to love God and love others. I'm so thankful for the Bible because we can study and apply these teachings to our lives. We can demonstrate our love for Jesus to our families by reading his word, by forgiving one another, by sharing the truth. But see, this puts a lot of pressure on parents because I'm sure that if you're a parent, that you really want to be a good example for your children. See, I want my kids to see me experience true storge as well as agape for them, but it doesn't happen from living a perfect life. Only Jesus did that. It happens through being humble, through forgiving, by admitting when we make a mistake, by being present with them. See, I want my kids to see me fail. And they, they see it a lot and they like to call me out on it. But I want them to see me fail so that they can witness the true storge that Jesus has for me when he forgives my sins. If there's any kids or teens in here, I have some advice from you from Paul. Paul gave this advice to Timothy when he was training him and it's really powerful and I want you to hear it. He said, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Hey, no matter your age, you can be a really good example to your peers, to people younger than you, and to people older than you. And the final way that we could show Storge like Jesus is through sacrifice. See, Jesus taught 
extensively on loving others, and he lived that out practically through his life and his death and resurrection. And when we want to love others sacrificially, we look to Jesus. And family relationships are a perfect example of where we see, we see sacrificial love being lived out daily. Picture a husband loving his bride as Christ loves the church. And then a wife submitting to her husband's godly leadership, knowing that he's seeking the Holy Spirit for guidance for their family. Then we have parents loving their children with Jesus at the center of their family. They're demonstrating a life of laying down their own interests to point their children to a God who loves them. That kind of living starts with storge, but it's completed through agape. C.S. Lewis made a really profound statement in his book, and it really resonated with me as a parent, as a teacher, as an aunt, and I want to share it with all of you today. He said, We feed children in order that they may soon be able to feed themselves. We teach them in order that they may soon not need our teaching. Thus, a heavy task is laid upon this gift love. It must work towards its own abdication. We must aim at making ourselves superfluous. The hour when we can say they need me no longer should be our reward. See, the purpose of having children and raising them in a church is is to help them grow to be adults who no longer need us as mom and dad, but need their heavenly father. See, when we point our children to Jesus, we are pointing them to the one who's never going to abandon them, the one that's never going to leave them alone. We sacrifice the need love that we have for our children, knowing that they need to fully experience God's goodness and his love and his mercy. Because as much as we want to be here forever for our children, the chances are that someday we're not. Someday we will be in heaven But if our children know Jesus and Jesus is Lord and Savior of their life, we are knit together through the Holy Spirit, and that bond is unbreakable. We know that this life here on earth is temporary, and we will be together forever in heaven with Jesus. My husband and I had the opportunity to adopt both of our children, and prior to adopting, I prayed a lot for these children that I never knew would actually exist. I prayed for their health, I prayed for birth families, their futures, and everything in between. I began to love these children before they existed. I so desperately wanted to experience the storge love that a mother has for her child, just like God has for his children. And whenever I held my son Jackson for the first time, I was in a hospital room and they like put me in the back corner in a wooden rocking chair and I sat there for about three hours and I probably felt every emotion you could think of in that moment. And while I was sitting in that rocking chair, God very clearly said, you now get a taste of how much I love you. Just a taste See, I couldn't love this child anymore if I tried. But God is sitting here. He's telling me that that's just a little bit. That's a glimpse of how much I love you. And that's how he feels about all of us. See, God loved each of us before we were born. He has a, he had a perfect plan for our lives. He knew what our careers would be. He knew what our roles in our family would be. And he has a very special role in his family for each of us. 
See, God is our father. He's our dad. He loves us through the good and the bad and the ugly. God is love, agape. And he is also demonstrates the essence of storge in the way that he is our heavenly father. Through both, we are welcome in his family. So as we seek to show storge love to our family and our really close friends, let's remember to first go to God in prayer. Let's speak the truth in love. Let's forgive one another and be living sacrifices to our families. Let's represent who Jesus is to our families. We can accomplish this kind of love through today's next step, which is, I will show storge to my family by caring, forgiving, and loving them just as God has done for me. See, we get a glimmer of that love here on earth because God offers adoption to each of us into his family. And if Jesus is Lord and Savior of our lives, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're family. See, church is so much more than a place that you just go to once a week or a couple times a month. See, we get to be the church where we live and where we work and where we play every day of the week. We get to be a family. We get to hold one another with storge love that brings honor and glory to God. See, John told us, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And today, we have talked a lot about families and how our families have hurt us, but our families also love us. And then we've talked about how when our families fail us, and even when they don't fail us, we have a heavenly father who loves us, who adores us, who's always there for us. And if you are not part of God's family, I'm going to give you a chance to do that today. It's just taking that commitment, that next step to have Jesus be Lord and Savior of your life. And here at New Life, we say that it's as easy and simple as ABC. A is admit. We admit that we're sinners. We admit that we can't do this life on our own. We admit that we can't forgive our family members on our own. That we need a Savior. And we believe that Jesus is that Savior we believe that Jesus came to this earth as a little baby, that he lived a perfect life and that he died on the cross at age 33 and three days later he rose from the dead. And see us confess. We confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior and we commit to following him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's when our relationship with Jesus can really start. And that's when we get to be part of his family that whenever you are so upset and crying and not knowing where to go, you can turn to Jesus. Whenever you're at the doctor's and you get a really scary diagnosis, you can turn to Jesus because you are never alone. He's always with you. So if you've never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to pray right now as if I'm you. And you can say the words right along with me or you can use your own words. And for the rest of us, if anyone needs to recommit their lives to Jesus, today is the best day to do it. So if you could all please bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. And right now, I admit that I have screwed up in this life. 
I admit that I can't do this on my own anymore. I admit that I am a sinner and I need a savior and I believe that that savior is Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he lived on this earth, that he lived a perfect life and that he died on the cross for me and that he rose again. And I confess that Jesus is Lord. And from this moment on, I commit to following him through the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for welcoming me into your family. I thank you that no matter what I face in life, I have a heavenly father who loves me. And for the rest of us, God, I pray that as we go home today and we take a look at our lives and how we treat our family members, that we will be able to show storge love to our families like Jesus showed it to his disciples. God, I pray that we can begin to pray together as a family, that we can begin to be honest with one another, or that we can speak your truth in love. God, I pray that we can live sacrificially for one another, that we can put aside our own needs to be able to point our children and our families to the one true God. I thank you for the gift of our families, and I pray right now that whatever strongholds we have within our families, that right now they are broken through the power of your Holy Spirit and that they're mended through you. We love you and we thank you for the gift of family and the gift of this church family. In your son Jesus' name, amen.